Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Help on the Way podcast, where we'll be featuring April 4th, 1994, from the Orlando Arena in, obviously, Orlando, Florida. I am your co-host, The Game, here with my fellow co-host, Fig, and a returning Knob. Fig, let's, let's go ahead and welcome Knob back to the show. <laughs> it is good to be back. Awesome. So, Welcome. So, Nob, uh, tell yes. us a little bit about your brief help on the way sabbatical. What have you been up to? I, uh, I've been really into fish, and I decided that <laughs> the Grateful Dead is lame, and that I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> yeah, um, the Grateful no. Dead is lame, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I was at a couple of those. I was at a couple of those Madison Square Garden shows. They were fun. Anyway, not the point. Um, I was I was directing a, a production of Disney's Beauty and the Beast for the last month and a half, and uh, awesome. especially towards the end of the process, it became very time intensive. So I unfortunately I kept listening to these shows, being like, I'm gonna have the time to to do this episode, and then I kept being like, I don't have time to do this episode. Um, but I. Uh, I've been listening to what y'all have been doing in my absence. It was very cool, very, uh, and I'm very excited to get back in the swing of things. Well, welcome back. And just to summarize, uh, most of what we were doing was, man, I wish now we're here because he, he, he uh, I know that's why this. I like the episodes so much. Yeah, they were they were very knob knobless. There really was uh, a few times where we, where we were just, where we were really but. just were like. Yeah, we really need Nob for this one. All right, let's keep on going on. <laughs> there were a couple of times where I was listening to him and like yelling like a kid watching Dora, being like, it was, it was 1985. You're looking for 1985. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, we, you know, we, uh, we did our best. And, <laughs> oh, you did great. Um, yeah, no, it was fun. We had some good ones. We had some good times, but we're glad you are back, Nob. Yes. And, um, as always, before we dive into the main event of April 4th, 1994, we are going to dive into our Channel 6 News segment, and we only have a few bullet points this week, uh, and I'm actually going to start on the somber of the two notes. Um, the Grateful Dead, I, don't know, I guess Grateful Dead World, Music World, I guess, music world. Um, lost a important member of its society. Uh, Robbie Robertson of the band uh, passed away on... Uh, I call it the death date. I don't, I don't know if there is an, an that's official... That's what I would say, too. Yeah, I don't know if I there's an official... Yeah, I think that's fine. Um, ...fun name for that, but uh, we lost Robbie. I mean, you don't on... really. <laughs> <laughs> I guess something you have a party for. <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> uh, we lost Robbie on August 9th. Um, the Great Which is the same day we lost Jerry. Yes. Just a uh, point, point on that, yeah. D d different year, obviously, but the same date that we really? lost Jerry. Um, the same universe. Yes. The same timeline, we, we assume. Now, the Grateful Dead, they have only ever covered the weight by yeah. the band, correct? Yes. I know JGB yes. does... The night no. they drove yes. old days yes. down. Yes. 
which one of my which, favorites. Yes, that makes me want to go fight the war for the Confederacy whenever, <laughs> whenever I hear that. I, I'm ready to change sides whenever I hear that yeah, song. I'm full of pride for some reason. Like, what is this? I want to go join Robert E. Lee, babe. I'll be right back. Um, yeah. Um, I, I really... Um, I don't have too much to say about the band, really. I don't want to sit here and talk like I'm this big band fan. Um, however, I do enjoy, um, I guess, the hits, so to speak. Um, and I had music from Big Pink, which is one of their famous albums. A little classic. Uh, and I purchased um, The Last Waltz a few record yeah. store days ago. Uh, cool. Many moons, many, many moon record store days ago. Uh, that is very um, much Robbie Robertson's brainchild, The Last Waltz. Yes. Yes. Um, so yeah, total bummer that uh, Robbie passed away. Um, any, any words on Robbie from Knob or Fig? Nope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm a big, the band nut. I like them a lot. Um, and their influence on, I think the dead is palpable and especially Robbie Robertson's collaborations with Bob Dylan, uh, are, are, I, I don't know, I'm, Dylan is playing very well and making really interesting music when Robbie Robertson was there backing him. You know, Dylan's always doing cool stuff, but I really like the sound of when Dylan was backed by the band. Uh, Dylan posted a very heartfelt, well, by Bob Dylan standards, a very heartfelt tribute to Robbie Robertson. Um, yeah, I mean, that was, can I ask you a quick sound of Dylan, yeah. the, the band question, uh, sorry yeah. to interrupt, but were they involved in the basement tapes? Was that yes. that era? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. That was that. Okay, I'm still that familiar was... with that. Yeah. Oh, Ooh, yeah. That's the whole deal of the basement that. tapes was uh, the band had been Dylan's backing band for a few years uh, mm -hmm. when they were, because they were originally Ronnie Hawkins's backing band as the Hawks, and then they were backing Bob Dylan for a while when Dylan started doing his electric shows, and then the basement tapes were all about the start of the band kind of as their own thing. That's when you started oh, having okay. that morphing from them just being Dylan's backing band to they are now a band that Dylan oh. plays with. Uh, I don't think I realized that them being called just the band was just like, oh, because they're, they're Dylan's band. Like yeah, Dylan there's a the band. Yeah, there's a few stories on? about how they, they came to that name, and I, I don't know which one is true. <laughs> but it, it definitely came to the fact that they were very much the backing band, and they were all very talented musicians that when they started calling themselves the band, all of their contemporaries were like, yeah, y'all are the band. That's it. That's cool. Uh, yeah, my band uh, plays um, Odds and Ends uh, from the Basement ah, Tapes, which is a really nice. fun blues song. It's just a lot of fun to just kind of jam out on that one. So, Oh, and then we go into uh, Big Railroad Blues, which is the same song. Yeah. Uh, with a little bit of a different feel, but we just kind of mash them up together because why not? Yeah. Uh, it's a fun little thing. I didn't I didn't realize that that was Robbie Robertson, so thank you for that. In much more uplifting Grateful Dead music news, um, the member who we did not get to see this past Dead and Company tour is finally heading out on the road. One yes. Phil. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? I totally forgot about Phil. Bruce Hornsby. <laughs> Hit the road. Uh, um, one William Kreutzman is finally um, taking Billy and the kids on the road for, I believe it's just two shows. 
um, yes. August 16th, which is in Baltimore, and August 18th, which is in New York City. Um, I do believe the New York show is already sold out, but tickets still do remain for the uh, Pier 6 show in Baltimore. Well, just for the record, by the time this episode goes out, that show oh, yeah. will have already happened. <laughs> it will be too late to buy tickets to Billy yeah. and the Kids in Baltimore. If you happen... You plug it anymore. If you happen to be listening in live to this recording, then there are still tickets available for Baltimore. But shows already happened. Um, Nob, who? Um, I know they've added Daniel. I say his last Daniel name. Daniel Donato. Yeah, thank you. Um, they've did, did they announce someone else as well? Um, um what's. Well, it's the usual lineup: Tom Hamilton, uh, Aaron Magner from the Disco Biscuits, the bass player whose name escapes me, and I feel bad about that, uh, and James Casey from the Trey Band on saxophone. But they've also added a second drummer for this this show, whose name oh. I am googling now, and I'm going to talk really slowly to give me the time because to figure Nob out is a professional what his and name this is, is what they teach you on podcasting school. Why isn't it on his freaking website? What is what are their names? Just tell me their names. And come on. They, and I think they added Sierra Hall. Does that name sound familiar to you? Uh, I'm on I'm on Billy's uh, Facebook page because you know Boomer Facebook etc. Yeah. And uh Sierra Hall, H-U-L-L, uh, is playing the ukulele, it looks like? Maybe, no, that's huh. not the ukulele. That's not a ukulele. Something. Um, Interesting. Not a guitar or a bass, though. Not a ukulele. Somewhere in there. Uh, and, and she has a thing that says, see you at the pier. And, huh. and Billy um, reposted that, I suppose. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. He definitely was hyping up that there's it's going to be more than just the usual Billy and the kids lineup this time around. Not just Daniel Donato, plus Jeffrey James Franco, who's the other drummer whose name I knew this whole time. Um, <laughs> what a professional. What a professional. Yeah, so I wouldn't be surprised if they've got some some guests coming out. It looks like, oh, Sierra's going to join them in New York, and Baltimore will have more guests TBA. That's another clue for you all. Any guesses? That's what I'm, I'm just reading their Facebook post about it. Now, these shows will not be live-streamed, correct? Nothing's been announced. Um, it's entirely possible that they'll announce a, a live-stream closer to, but nothing has been announced so far. I think they... I don't want to say they have to, but... Like, it would definitely sell. I mean, the, yeah. the last... The, the, the last Billy and the Strings shows, def, Billy and the Strings... Uh, Billy and and the kids with honorary kid Billy Strings. Um, Billy Strings was out there. Nugs would be like chomping at the bit to stream them without question. Yeah, for Mm. real. Um, I would be interested in seeing these shows. Um, Yeah. Just because I like... I'm excited to see the New York one. I I, I like Tom Hamilton. uh, Billy, obviously. Um... And the saxophone guy, who, what's his, which yes. one is he? James Casey. Uh, yes, I like him a lot as well. So, uh, I hope live streams of these shows happen. Um, if not, I'm sure I'll be finding an odd somewhere. Um, Mixler? Yes, ooh, or that. I, for, I kind of forget that, that, that MixLR 
uh, or Mixler <laughs> exists. Um, and it looks like, truthfully, I, I know the tickets have already been, or the shows have already passed by the time this recording is released. Uh, there is a good amount of tickets available for the Baltimore show. Interesting. Is it uh, outside? Is was the pier? I imagine it's just an outdoor yeah. venue, like on the yeah. water. Interesting. And, and it's a Wednesday night, but yeah, sure, like tough night. You can get seats and literally, you know, game Central PA is pretty close to Baltimore. Yeah, I can't pull that off on a Wednesday. Thursday, I probably could, but I don't think I could pull that off on a Wednesday. Uh, and but they're reasonable though. You can get lawn tickets for thirty four, and then uh, the Ooh. cheapest the cheapest seat is seventy. So hmm, that's not bad. No, I don't I think mean, so. By by these days, concert ticket price standards, that's not bad at all. Yeah, considering I just paid seventeen for a ticket, and here I am saying like, oh look at this, seventy dollars, totally reasonable. <laughs> but it is what it is. All right, Billy, knock it out of the park, bud. Yeah. Um, let's go ahead and move on to our main event for the evening, which is April 4th, 1994, from the Orlando Arena in Orlando, Florida. Uh, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and dive right into set one so we can begin to share our thoughts. Um, set one began with help on the way, Slipknot, and to Franklin's Tower. Then we got Little Red Rooster, Brown-Eyed Women, When I Paint My Masterpiece, Loose Lucy, Cassidy, and Don't Ease Me In. You know what? Let's send it to the returning knob for yeah. his thoughts on set one. Hello, it's me, Knob. I've got thoughts. <laughs> um, I enjoyed set one. I, uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, it's uh, the, the big thing is it's a 94 show. It's a good 94 show, but it is a 94 show. You, you got to take it on its own terms. Jerry's going to fuck up the words. Some jams are going to meander. Vince is there. It's not going to sound like 72 or 89 or even 91, but when it works, it works, and this is a night where it works. Um, it's not often that I am wowed by the opener opener of a dead show. I usually think, this is fun, and then by song two or three, I'm really into it. But this is one that impresses me right from the jump. Uh, despite Ooh. some vocal flubs from Jerry, I thought this was a really tight help on the way. Uh, and this is a song where that lighter 90s Jerry tone uh, really fits. Um, the general mix is better than the first minute of Help on the Way will have you believe. Uh, um, but it is mm. good. Uh, some pretty clean harmonies even. Um, the transition into Slipknot kind of gets lost, but it, it finds its way. Uh, I don't... Okay. I wasn't huge on this Slipknot specifically. My ear just kind of didn't know what to listen to. Everyone is playing very active parts. It's got a good, like, driving forward energy, and I enjoyed it more than not, but it definitely felt a little unfocused, um, if, I, if I could gripe about this help slip Franklin's. Um, but then, once we get into the Franklin's, I'm back into it. Uh, it's on the mellower side of Franklin's, but it's still very good vibes. It's very, like, perfect, like, summer driving with the windows down kind of music. Um, obviously, comparing Slipknot to Franklin's is kind of apples and oranges, but this Franklin felt a lot more focused than the Slipknot did. And then we find ourselves in Rooster. It's a 
good rooster? Like a fine, like, I, okay. If you lined up all of the little red roosters from best to worst, this would be in the, the half closer to the best one. Uh, I wouldn't call it, like, an amazing rooster by any stretch. Uh, there's nothing particularly so it's a wrong. rooster. Like yeah, it would... Statistics class, it would be on Yeah, slightly better than middle. Um, it is, it's not, you know, there's nothing wrong with it, but it's not particularly inspiring. Um, there's also mm-hmm. a verse I'd never heard before. Yeah, what was that? About all the hens in the barnyard are crying with their heads hanging down. I truly don't think I've ever heard that verse before. Um, and then I will say the highlight of this Red Rooster was Vince's keyboard solo. A very nice, like, old school blues piano solo. And some really yeah. nice stuff. Yeah. Good call. Um, the energy keeps on trucking with brown-eyed women. Uh, it's a fun brown-eyed women. It's not a highlight of the set or anything. It flirts with Zippy, but it doesn't commit to Zippy. Um... And then I really enjoyed this masterpiece. Uh, Bobby was on the acoustic, which is always a nice sound. It was very laid back, but with a passionate vocal delivery from Bob. If it was about 15% slower, you could tell me that this was Dead and Company, and I'd believe you. Like, we're, we're hearing 90s Grateful Dead Bobby start to evolve into 2010s, 2020s current Bobby. Mm-hmm. Um... Hard to be upset with Loose Lucy when that, uh, to me, that's one of those songs that when it shows up, especially in a 90s show, that means Jerry's in a good mood. Um, mm. And this one is very much a bop. Jerry's very into it, which is nice. Uh, I really like Vince's organ part that kind of covers for the backing vocals on the like round and round and round and round. Uh, I thought that was really cool. Um, Cassidy is a lot of fun. Uh, it's definitely uh, this set and honestly this show isn't particularly like jammy there's a lot of nice solos but it's not very out there in terms of the jams this cassidy is the jam of the night without question uh the band really feels like they're supporting jerry here they go on a weird journey but it always feels like they're aware of the journey they're taking which was really nice uh and some very nice vince harmonies on cassidy it reminds me a lot of early brent like the the prettier sound that you get on like a, an 8081 Cassidy. Uh, and then a boppy Don't Ease Me In uh, to close out the set. Uh, it's an energetic harmonies, tight solo. There's a lot to like. This is, it's in general a very good first set, but it especially sticks the landing. The masterpiece, Loose Lucy, Cassidy, Don't Ease, Run is just all a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, I really liked set one. Uh, yeah. I, what did you I love think, that Fig? turn of phrase. Yeah, thanks. I, I love that turn of phrase. Sticks the landing. It's very Nobbian. And uh, welcome back, buddy. Thanks. Uh, yeah, uh, great stuff. I agree on some and disagree on others. And it's been what? Uh, a couple That's not weeks. Format of the show. You <laughs> tell me I'm right about everything, and then we nod and go home. Yeah. Well, yeah. I just pretend you're right because um, it makes it easier on everybody. All right. So help slip, Frank. It, the jam was not happening on help um i wrote that it sounded under rehearsed i actually liked slipknot i thought it was good with a lot of tension and build and franklin's this is kind of a hot take but franklin's i thought was decent i felt like jerry was like a sad person at a party like like there was a party Mm -hmm. going on behind him jerry was expected to bring it and he just sounded kind of sad and and you know old and just kind of not you know, not quite in his skin. 
Um, a little bit of a, a bummer take, but but that's just how I felt. Going back to Little Red Rooster, um, I like Jerry on Slide. Great tone, was doing some really interesting stuff. Uh, Bobby on Slide, the first yeah. 12 bars of his solo were fine. And then he took that kind of second run at it, and it reminded me, I think I shared this meme with you guys, it's that... It's hard to describe means, but it's that picture of a mom like yelling at the kid in the back seat, "Why can't you be normal?" And the kid's just like screaming yeah. back at the mom, and and that's how I felt at this one. I I, I just wanted to, you know, go to uh, Bobby and say, "Hey, why can't you be normal?" Uh, with that second, um, it was just screeching. It just sounded like screeching, and it was not good. Uh, we get into brown-eyed women, and I thought that Jerry's uh, vocals and guitar work were awesome, awesome here. So you know, it's not like I'm just slagging Jerry on this show. Um, he really brought it with brown-eyed women, as he usually does. I wrote that it's a pop country song. Um, yeah. Um, and masterpiece. I wrote this is a good version. Masterpiece. Frequent listeners know is not one that I rate very highly. Um, but we had some great vocals by Bobby, great harmonies by Jerry. And some great solos uh, by Jerry as well. Lucy was a fun version. I agree. I liked Vince's stabby, syncopated keys. Uh, the, his tone was like a baseball stadium organ. And it was just yeah. fun. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's a fun, yeah, it's a fun song. And, and his um, his organ, you know, just was was perfect for exactly what that song needed. We get into Cassidy. I wrote that it's a poppy, boppy version. Shout out to Vince on harmonies. There was no caterwauling. Great build in the instrumental section, but I would have liked the jam to keep going until they figured out how to get back into the end of the chorus. They just kind of... Mm. This was one of those Cassidy's where they're just like, uh, parachute, drop into the chorus. Um, you know, the Flight of the Seabirds uh, part, where how they end it. And then we go into Don't Ease Me In, which is how they ended the first set of April 4th, 94, in or Orlando. And it's not uh, an that's opinion. all. <laughs> it's a fact. It's true. Um, and I would like to know how the game felt about the first set there. Um, I felt about the that was first... my parachute dropout out of that. My <laughs> I I personally feel all about the first set like I do the second set like I do this entire show. Um, I sang a little while and then I flew on. Um, yes. Yeah. You can find me on the archive.org comment yeah, section. That one guy. Um, yeah, this is okay. Um, I, I have always have a hard time finding any fault in any help slip, Franklin. Um, and that's going to be the case here. I thought it was okay. Uh, Blue Red Rooster was good. Brown Eyed Women was okay. Um, always love Masterpiece, so that was good. Uh, but Loose Lucy, Cassidy, and Don't Ease Me In just didn't really do it for me this time around. Um, which is weird because those songs would almost always do it for me <laughs> in, in, in any other show uh, because everything in this set is pretty much up-tempo, but mm. I don't know I if find it... 94s to be just wild cards. Like You end up liking yeah. stuff you didn't realize you liked. The stuff you thought you liked, it doesn't turn out that way sometimes. Yeah. It's an interesting yeah. era. Yeah. This was really just... but I don't want to say background background noise in a negative way but nothing of this show really was like wow that for me so yeah it's kind of just okay um but that's my opinion uh set two of this show kicked off with Ico Ico. then we got uh, a way to go uh trucking terrapin station a drums in space 
days between throwing stones not fade away with an encore of I fought the law and the law won. Um, Fig. Nice. Your, wow. thank, oh, thank you. What were you? Okay, I don't. Yeah. The set two. I don't have. I don't have much on set two. Uh, partially because I didn't like it. And partially because uh, I just didn't have time to really, you know, uh, hone in uh, how I felt about not liking it. Ico Ico again. It was just okay. Um, this one kind of the set two started the same way as set one, where Jerry just felt like the sad kid at a party. Again, Ico Ico. You know, it's like the calypso reggae feel, and Jerry just did not have the voice to kind of bring that 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 fun in that atmosphere. Uh, we get to long way to go home, and I wrote, you know, I I, I gave Vince a compliment. There was no caterwauling on Cassidy. But on Long Way to Go Home, I literally wrote this in my notes. I found myself apologizing to my dog, who was in the room and listening to um, to that song. It was all caterwauling, and it was just not anything I want to dwell on. So I'm going to go to the trucking. Uh, this was a good, straightforward version. Kind of just served to serve up terrapin on a platter. Kind of like an appetizer for terrapin. Uh uh, Jerry uh, sings this song with a Dylan inflection, I felt. It was kind of interesting. And to Vince's credit, he was pr- putting a great canvas uh, in the background, like doing everything that he needed to do in the synthesizer to give this song a majestic feel like you would expect from 90s Dead. And um, it was good. I, I-, I liked the Terrapin. It wasn't anything to write home about. Uh, Drums in Space, I skipped. Days Between, I wrote, was pretty lackluster. Um, decent feedback effects from uh, Bobby and some good fill flourishes throughout, but just kind of a dirge. Uh, just kind of happened. And Throne Stones, Not Fade Away, and I Fought the Law are how they ended April 4th, 1994. That's the spirit. Nah, I hope you have more to say about set two than I did. Hey, as always, I agree with every single thing that you said. Um, you, of course, of course. Um, yeah, Ico was... Uh, oh, wait a start. I mean, okay. Oh, wait it just, yeah, it just didn't have the energy that you normally want out of Ico Ico. It was just a little too mellow. Um, besides the lack of energy, there wasn't really anything that wrong with it. I kind of even like Jerry's MIDI solo in there. Um, it's just, it just didn't have the energy. And I also don't know if I've ever heard an Ico this long. It was almost pushing 10 what? minutes. And I'm not sure it justifies that it kind of felt like they were treading the same ground on minute two that they were on minute nine and i was like okay um i actually really dug this way to go home i'm not normally huge on it but i actually thought it was a lot of fun really i did i really did in the first half vince's voice sounded less strained than usual and it had a really nice groove and then he absolutely caterwauls his way through the second half of it. But the energy was there for me, which by this show's standards, it was working. He really got into the caterwaul, and at one point I heard uh, he did a, it's a long, long, long fucking way, yeah. and that really nope. got me. Nope. I think my only big thing is I, I will never understand why Way to Go Home is a set two song. To me, yeah. it is a perfect set one song. Because topically, we go home after set two. But they do it so early in set two. Well, that's fair. Well, yeah, because they, the, they have to bury it. 
Yeah, and, like, they never really jam on it that much. Like, to me, it feels like it is built for set one. Whatever. Um, Truckin' is truckin'. They don't really do too much with it. it. There's no real big jam on it. It is short but sweet. Uh, our second F-bomb in set two, which is wild. Um, yeah, in general, the set two is not as, as jammy as you particularly want out of a, a right. set two. The only real exceptions are the... Yeah, the Ico, you know, there are some nice solos in it, but it's Ico, so it's always going to be... And, you know, there's only so long you can do that. Wait, was um, that will... Ico Ico? Was that not Fade Away? Or was yeah, I was that... actually doing Man Smart Women Smarter. Man Smart Women uh, <laughs> I couldn't tell. I will say, the, the highlight of the truckin' for me is the transition into Terrapin. They allowed themselves to get nice yep. and weird as we got there, and I thought it was a really cool transition. Um, the lady with a fan half of Terrapin I thought was really tight. Um, I will say that I thought we lost some of the energy when we got into the later half of the song, which is weird, because that's my favorite part. Uh, but it just wasn't quite there like I wanted it to be, though... The post-Terrapin jam is a lot of fun. There, it's a very spirited jam. It's very fast. There's just a lot going on in a way that isn't always happening in these songs. Um, I like what the band is doing on Days Between. <laughs> um, wait, wait. Jumps in space. Yeah, I was, I was, I was oh, running a little behind on listening to this show, and I had, to, skip. I had to skip it. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I know. I'm trying to rub your I, nose in it because nothing, nothing to apologize. Nothing to apologize. I try. I try so hard not to because even when I don't like the drum space, I'm always like, I'm glad I listened to it, especially when I'm whining about the fact that they didn't really jam much in this set, and I skipped the 23 minute jam in the middle. But uh, it, it was, it was, yeah. I think both of them were like 13 minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Um. Yeah, pr pretty days between. I really like the keyboard sound. Um, there's a very emotional delivery from Jerry, which is nice. He doesn't hit all of the notes in either his singing or his playing, but the feeling is there, which isn't true in every Jerry song tonight. Um, so I did really overall enjoy the days between. I kind of... Okay. When I sat down and first started listening to the show, I looked at the set list and I was like, huh. Not a lot of 90s songs. Even not a lot of 80s songs. It's a very old-school dead set list. Mm. Except for The Way to Go Home, The Days Between, and The I Fought the Law, and then, of course, The, the Throwing Stones being from the 80s. But other than that, it's all yeah. 70s tunes. Uh, and so I was kind of like, okay, th this is going to be a good one because there's not that many 90s songs. Like, I don't have to listen to one of those Phil songs that I don't care about. But if I'm being honest with you, the 90s songs all had really good energy to them, and a lot of the 70s songs were more hit or miss. Um, I don't know exactly what my point is here, but what I expected to like out of the show is not what I liked out of the show, and what I expected right. to not like out of the show is often what I liked out of this show. Like it was um, my earlier point. It's just, it's yes. all wild cards. It's all wild yes. cards. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Um... Yeah, Throwing Stones had some fun energy. It was it was groovy, but still angry. The passionate vocal delivery from Bob is there, like always. Um, it's interesting seeing a snapshot as that one lyric in Throwing Stones is evolving from uh, money green proletariat gray selling guns instead of food today 
to nowadays Bob Sings, Money Green, it's the only way you can buy the whole goddamn government today. And this one the is Supreme a sort Court's of... Thing. Yes, yes. But this one's a sort of in-between where he sings, Money Green, it's the only way, sell them guns, rape the earth today, which was very heavy. Very really 90s. intense. Uh, very 90s. Uh, and as we all know, the dead don't do politics. Um, <laughs> yeah. Once we get into the solo, being honest with you, it's kind of like the Ico Ico, where it's it's treading the same ground as we loop through the chord progression. I didn't need it to go on as long as it did, but it's very well played. Um, and there's a very nice active bass part from Phil in this Throwing Stones that I really enjoyed. Um, and I know it's old hat, but the Throwing Stones not fade away t- transition is tight as hell. They always nail that, and the show is no exception. Um, and not fade away had some fun energy to close the set. Uh, and then they played I Fought the Law to Encore. Uh, Game, what did you think of set two? Um, Ico Ico was there for me. Um, A Way to Go Home. (laughs) A Way to Go Home is absolutely a first set song trapped in a second set world. Um, Truck and and Terrapin was good. Uh, I did, of course, like any self-respecting human being, skip to Drums in Space. Um, Days Between, um, yeah, it was there. Um, throwing stones. It was all right. Um, not fade away. I didn't mind. Um, and then they closed the show with "I Fought the Law." Is there? I said that game. I said that. <laughs> I also. Um, said that. I, I knew enough. One of us has to have a fucking enough. opinion on "I Fought the Law." <laughs> okay, here here's my opinion. And it's more of a question. I, I will phrase my opinion in the form of a question. Don't they usually play Just that like song when there's like trouble? Yes. So, the, I don't like, want to say was this there is trouble that night. I mean, no. I don't want to say this is trouble, but um, reading the through the archive, okay. Apparently, there's two things to note of this April fourth ninety four show. Apparent. Okay. Apparently, this was supposed to be an April third. 94 show. Uh, yes. Is this when Kreutzmann's father had a heart attack? Is that yes. what I was reading? Yes. Correct. Ah, uh, yes. yeah. So, Willie Kreutzmann's dad, heart attack, and then this show was pushed to the fourth. Then, while reading through the archive, there was comments about cops and tear gas. Um, oh, wow. But I also kind of feel like, and this is not to be spur. Uh, disparaging to any fine archive.org commenter from, you know, 2003-2004. Sometimes I think they embellish just a little bit. Um, So, was there really cops and loads of tear gas happening outside of the venue? I don't know, but it wasn't mentioned. I'm reading a comment from friend of the show, B-Man 1973, where he writes, yeah, killer helps man. with Franklin's, parentheses. And yes, I got maced in the police altercation after. So. Oh, wow. Well, after, though, I mean, how would they have known? To play Yeah, after. I don't know. The cops told them, yo, shit's gonna. <laughs> shit, I wonder we're, if we're the after, shit after, after help slip Franklin's. Okay. I see. I have no idea. I, there, wasn't here, here's, I wouldn't be here's born a, for five more years. Here's a, here's a comment. Jeez. 
from uh actually here this this isn't a part of the show but i'm just gonna read this entire comment uh this is from possibly friend of the show satori 70 uh 70 posted april 4th 2013 on the archive there were so many cops interesting i mean everywhere cops cops on every form of transportation imaginable you name it, rollerblade cops. Yup, they had them too. Bicycles, jet skis, boats. So 90s rollerblade cops. <laughs> four by four motorcycles, horseback, walking scooters, undercover helicopter dogs everywhere. They must have bust them in from Miami. It was almost like the air was static with this inevitable showdown before it even happened over such a overt police present. The wow. tear gas I will never forget walking out of the venue into that bedlam, witnessing it from the stairs. I fought the law. The boys had to have known. Come on. What what were they to do, you know? Stop the show and make it worse? They were probably told by the O-Town, finish and take your freaks with you. They never did play Orlando again, but instead, Spring Tampa was my last show. Wow. Um, Very cool. Thank you for that. that. Then there's a few more com- there's a few more comments, and the final sentence is, got home, and the next day, Kurt Cobain died. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this is a little... Little uh, couple of days of of history here. First with yeah. with Willie, and then this horrible cop incident, and then with um, Kurt. Yeah, ninety four. Well, and it it kind of goes to the bigger picture of like you know what the dead were facing as this whole thing was wrapping up. I mean, they didn't know it was wrapping up, but but I think more and more the scene was just out of control, and no one had a good response to it. The dead, you know, the dead had to keep touring, and to their credit, they did, but. It wasn't all, you know, sunshine and, and it, good vibes. It, it seems like, and here's actually another comment from two years previous. It was such a strange show. Frat boys from UCF fucking with people outside the show before it began. Jeez. Cops cops everywhere. Um, yeah, so maybe the boys did know. Did feel something hmm. weird was going on. Um, so sad, man. It's like, you know... They get invited to play in Orlando. <laughs> you know, they give some culture to that city, and then they just get heckled out of town? Like, come on. The gate-crashing incident. Was that 95? Yes. So, here, just a discussion point. Was the police presence... Obviously, our opinion is, is obviously a, a police presence like that is not ever warranted, Right. But one year later, there was a massive gate crashing incident at where? Um, oh, God. why is that? Deer Creek. Yes, yes, no. you're correct. Yes. no, yes, because I, I, I um, there's there's there, there's good video footage of everything. Mm. Um, do you think the scene was getting oh, was that yes. out of at that out of hand? That I mean, some of these towns were like, because like Orlando is nothing but like, like true. Obviously, it's 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 tourist hell, but like, it, it, were they like, oh my god, this we we I need feel like to Orlando bring this much in because like it seems so strange to have that many right in 1994. Well, like, yeah, yeah. Well, a big part of it, it's with cop presence at dead shows at that period of time it wasn't so much crowd control but a big part right. of it was that a lot of these cities would bust hippies for doing right. drugs in the parking lot That's and money. would make a lot of money yeah. off of that 
Yeah. Which is awful. Again, like you, you invite the element into your city. You know, the band, you know, you have contracts for the band to play. Element comes and then you bust them up for more money. It's like, it's like some Simpsons stuff. Like when the Simpsons got uh, Hollywood to come and they just like built up, built them out of, out of all their money. Uh, it's not cool. I will say, I think Orlando was probably, and I don't want to fight the hypo and fight the question too much, but like, I think Orlando in the 90s may have been a different town than how we know it now. Like, clearly Walt Disney World was there, you know, Universal Studios, I'm assuming. But, like, I don't think it was, like, a, a city, you know? Like, like now, like, people live there. You know, I think it was more, like, just a town with some resorts and stuff. Um, so maybe it had a, more of a central Florida feel rather than Orlando now, which is very cosmopolitan and certainly would not treat dead or dead and company, you know, that way. So, I don't know. Uh, very interesting, though. I'm, I'm glad I asked that question. Um... We do not have any Scarlet Fires to rate. We never do. When what when is do we Would you guys rate we, the Terrapin? Should we just uh, rate the Terrapin? I wouldn't rate it highly. I wouldn't. <laughs> um, I don't know if this is a good first one to start, but um And I'm taking a scroll through and we don't have one next week either. We don't. Um shit, when is our next Scarlet Fire? It's been forever. It's possible that's just not a great topic of conversation. It could be. It could be. Maybe maybe that's the universe's way of saying, take this segment away. <laughs> it's been uh, months. Months. It really has. I think yeah, the last one we had wasn't any was good. That, yeah, that 93 show. From episode has, 69. Ooh, nice. Um, I'm going to assume that I know everyone's answers to this next question. However, I'm going to ask it anyway. Yeah. Fig. Has this show made your Book of the Dead? Oh, heavens no. <laughs> no. Has this show made your Book of the Dead? No. Um, no. It's not without merits. I'm glad I listened to it once, but I'm not going to listen to it again. I, I kind of want to listen to it a second time. Why? I did. Because now, <laughs> I, well, because now I know all the police background. Oh. So it almost makes me still it's not going to be on my book of the dead but it does wonder me if um if I can sense anything knowing the shit show that's happening just outside the gates I don't know maybe maybe I would listen to it and I would think I I would hear something and it's just me thinking that and it's just because I know what's going on um but yeah it, it's just now knowing that backstory, this went from for me anyway. This went just from another random '94 show to like, oh my god, like what what was happening at this '94 show? Um, I want to see if I can find maybe even like this is one of those things where you you could go on YouTube and find like some random news video from like Orlando 1994 that shows like yeah, the Grateful Dead were here and here's the police macing all these people. Like it, it wonders me if there's any. Um, footage out there of that. Anyway, I, I will say this is. I hope that this is probably not a good payoff to this, but I, I know that there's a picture out there of Jerry in Walt Disney World, and maybe he's wearing the mouse ears. I'm not sure. Are you guys familiar with this picture? I'm going to look for it right now. Yeah, so I googled it. I mean, it exists. I know it exists. I've seen it on the subreddit. Um, but you know, it makes sense. Like, if you know you're in Orlando, like bring the family down. Like, you know, we'll just go to the the, the theme park. Uh, so I, I typed in Jerry Garcia, Walt Disney World, trying to look for that, just just to see if like this is when that photo was taken. 
And there's a YouTube video, and the title of the YouTube video is Why Did Jerry Garcia Go to Disney World? And I didn't click on the YouTube video, but there's a description underneath the title. And it's a joke. So why did Jerry Garcia go to Disney World? Because he heard the lines were long. <laughs> nice. Uh, I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be me if I didn't say it. But it was Disneyland, not Disney World. Oh, he, he went to Disneyland. In California. I, okay. I, I, I'm a... Makes more sense. <laughs> I, I'm, a Disney, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Disney person, and I get them confused literally all the time. Um, I I've never been Disney. to either. I just wanted to feel the power of correcting Fig. If you ever want Welcome to... Welcome back, buddy. If you, <laughs> if you ever want to spend a whole bunch of money, a whole bunch of money, go, yes. to, go to Disney. Yep. Here they, is they're, they're good at taking it out of your pocket. And I just want to add yeah. that that Nob has just completed directing adults oh, yeah. <laughs> in a musical cannot... theater. And 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 what Nob takes pride <laughs> about is correcting his his fellow podcaster. <laughs> I on, truly, uh, if I'm being honest trivia. with you, as I started saying this, like I totally blanked about the fact that I just spent the last month and a half working on Disney's Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Look at these. Well, um, I just sent. In our little private chat, I sent two uh, Shakedown Street videos from oh. Vermont, 94 and 95, homemade. My folks uh, were at the 95 show. They might be on that video. <laughs> it's it's kind of... It's kind of neat seeing people walk around with balloons in 1994 <laughs> in, yeah. in a weird way. On their camcorders. Yeah. yeah. Can you imagine? Those things were huge on their shoulders walking around taping that shit. That's cool. Oh, I love it. Knob, uh, uh, set one or set two? Oh, set one. And it's, to me, it's not close. <laughs> Big set one or set two? It's set one. And... And even though we do not need this, I will also say <laughs> it is set one for me as well. Um, show MVP. I'll kick that off. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be very, very cheap by saying this, but I'm gonna go with Jerry. Um, he wasn't the best Jerry night, but I think he was the best of what was on stage. So Jerry gets my vote. Uh, no, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) okay. Yeah, I'll give an honorable mention to Phil, who's doing some really interesting bass work throughout, but I think I gotta give it to Prince Vince. Prince Vince, that's awesome. Thank you. I can, I can, I'm gonna be honest with you. I thought about that at like six hours ago, and I was like, (laughs) remember to say Prince Vince when you get to the MVP part. (laughs) So, can I just say that I I think. King Brent is now a meme. Um, I've been seeing that pop up a little bit on the subreddit, especially on the uh, setlist threads. So let's keep that up, and maybe we'll make Prince Vince a meme. Um, hey, Vinny, I'm going to go with Prince Vince because I like how that sounds. Um, all apologies to my dog, who had to hear the caterwauling that is a long way to go home. But uh, Prince Vince rolls off the tongue. Love it. All right, sorry. Now I'm like, I'm literally looking for, um, 
this news articles now about great um uh, not right, grateful right. for melee over the den boom done here here's another one all right uh let's see here we had do have a few reddit comments this week i'll read them both since they are quite okay. short um deadco mule said mercy what a first set and then we're agreeing. Oh, so, so they agree. <laughs> yeah, we agree because we also voted for the first set. Um, and then Doc Man four two seven. Not really a set list guy, but man, this is nice. One of the better nineteen ninety four shows, in their opinion. Um, my opinion is that this is one of the better ninety four shows. I don't want to hear too many others. Um, all right, next, I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump. I'm going to jump in before we go to next week, uh, yeah. because I opened up that link that you sent about not grateful for Melee over over Dead in the Orlando Sentinel from uh, April 14th. So what is that, like a week or so after um, yep. the April 4th, 94 show? And it's just not bad. It's pretty quick. Um, it's interesting. Uh, much of the news media, as well as law enforcement officials, are blaming quote-unquote deadhead fans for the disturbance at the Orlando Arena on April 4th. This may be convenient, but hardly the truth. The blame should go on the quote-unquote powers that be who made the illogical and very stupid decision to go on with concert number two after canceling concert number one without rescheduling concert number one. That's interesting. Mm. Never thought about that. This in itself mm. was patently unfair to ticket holders of concert number one. You don't shortchange 15,000 fans without causing some trouble. It amazes me that the writing was so minor. Wow, okay. There's a lot of uh, layers to this onion. Uh, as anyone who knows anything about the Grateful Dead concerts is aware, tickets can be very hard to come by, and a large percentage of individu individuals must pay more than face value for their tickets. Why? Because the majority of tickets are sold by mail to Deadhead Club members before they go on sale locally. This is a scalper's dream. Very interesting. Hence, interesting. a refund at face value is hardly compensation for a canceled show. I would advise Centroplex officials, wow, Centroplex, how 90s, uh, to make a rule for the future that if multiple concerts are sold and for any reason one of them must be canceled, then all the concerts will be canceled as well if rescheduling is not possible. Otherwise, you can expect to see a repeat of the events of April 4th or a whole lot worse. William L. Patterson, Orlando. Here's another article um, from... April 5th, 1994. Um, and I was going to read this this one paragraph here. The melee, which included some in the crowd of 1,500 throwing bottles, lasted about an hour. No injuries or arrests were reported, but a two-year-old girl, Katie Matthews, was missing, separated from her parents. Police searched early Tuesday for the girl, who they say may have been picked up by her friends. Um, Lord, this show was just a shit show, wasn't it? Yeah. Let's let's never speak of the show again. Yeah, this show, this show goes in the show of just of just never to be discussed. Um. All right, our next show is June twenty fourth, nineteen eighty five, from Riverbend, Cincinnati, Ohio. This was a hot Monday show in the summer. Um. And you know, for some reason, when I think of 85, I kind of always think of getaway openers. And that's what we get here, an Alabama getaway opener from 85. I also think of Jerry in a red shirt whenever I think of 1985 as well. That's, those, are my, those are my two weird... You're always 85. thinking about Jerry in red shirts, though. I really am. <laughs> um, 
so much nicer than the black. Um, <laughs> uh, Ico, Ico, set two opener once again. Uh, we get a uh, My Brother Esau in set one. Yeah. That jumps out. And then me. one of the big things is this is right when they tried bringing back the full That's It for the Other One suite. This is when Cryptical Envelopment mm. had its uh, short-lived revival. I don't know if this... I don't think this was the first... This was the second time they had done Cryptical Envelopment since 1972. Cool. And we Ooh. get to hear... Next week we get to hear uh, Game try to say Cryptical Envelopment. Oh, at least twice. We already know how we're going to do that. I'm going to pause, and Nob's going to take the wheel for two <laughs> words. Um, all right. Um, y- you know what? Truthfully, we did this um, for this show, but I'm going to do it again for this show. This set list looks promising, uh, and it's an 85, and King Brent is on the keys. So Ooh. we're holding out hope that this is a good show next week. Um, but let's go ahead and wrap up and do our bookkeeping for the evening so we can get you to set one of April 4th, 1994. Um, as always, please go ahead and smash that subscribe button and like and share with any and all of your Grateful Dead loving friends and family. Of course, you may find us at wherever podcasts are downloaded. However, you will not find us on a service that loosely rhymes with knob is back. It should have done this gag, but forgot. <laughs> oh, I. Okay. So any other major podcast platform you will find us on. However, there is one that just so happens to rhyme with knob is back. and should have done this gag, but forgot. Oh, I. You won't find us on that one. If you do like to access your podcast the old-fashioned way, you may, of course, access those at helponthewaypod.podbean.com. If you would like to communicate with us through electronic mail, please do that via helponthewaypod at gmail.com. If you would like to communicate with us through Reddit, please reach out to us uh, via the Help on the Way discussion thread at reddit.com slash r slash Grateful Dead. Uh, any parting words from my co-hosts, Knob or Fig? I'll, I'll jump in first. Um, Mr. Patterson's op-ed there kind of goes into what I was, the point I was trying to get across before, which is like, this is a fast-moving freight train. You cancel one show and, you know, it's like butterfly effects. You have no idea what's happening. So it's an interesting time for the dead, and it's interesting for us to look back on it. Uh, Nob, I hope you have something nicer to say. Yeah, there was actually a point that I meant to raise sooner that I forgot about, and I'm glad I have this last little bit. But uh, the tape that I listened to on on Relisten, it mentioned that the source was that this tape was made specifically by Dick Litvala for Vince Welnick, um, which makes me think that this was a show that Vince himself felt pretty good about. Uh, which is really interesting to think about. I wonder if he would use this. Hmm. That's interesting. You was don't Dick really a taper at that point, or like, was this a soundboard for? Like, what are we talking this about? This is. Here? It was the soundboard I was listening okay. to. I don't know if I. I assume that someone else did the recording, and Dick just made sure that it got specifically to Vince. But uh, he, I don't he know. Picked I, it, is what you're saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh. Yeah, I wonder if this was a, a show that Vince felt particularly proud of, and if so, he was right to. I, I, won- I wonder if he would use this then as like a... I don't know, I, just, I find it weird that it'd be like, I, I want this specific show brought to me. Like, I don't know, could you see, <laughs> like, 
could you see O'Teal being like, man, I crushed it. Can I get a a, a soundboard of, of that? It happens. Show? I know when Bobby was starting uh, uh, Rat Dog, uh, he specifically asked uh, David Lemieux to get him tapes of Summer '89 so that he could send the rest Ooh. of the band those versions of the song so that they could start practicing with those because those were shows that Bob felt particularly happy with. So cool. it happens. I mean, Bobby as someone done who that. makes music. I, as someone who plays in a band, I I know which of my band shows I like and which ones I thought were just fine. Bobby should have used the summer '89 for the Dead and Company. Um, yeah. Um, oh, spirit. That's not the word I'm looking for, but whatever. Anyway, this show tempo. is getting tempo. Is the word <laughs> tempo. Uh, anyway, this show is getting long, so we're gonna go ahead and wrap up this puppy. Um, again, please stick around uh, for set one of april 4th 1994 as you're listening to set one just think of all the chaos that was getting ready to happen um because it was a shit ton um and that's it for this week and thank you once again for listening to the help on the way podcast Oh, I can pay, let me know, tell me love is love.
Then I turned and forgot his face Your eyes looked at me on brother's face Wildflowers seen in the sand and wind Tell you when the falls Franklin's heart there has been It can ring church night today It can ring like fire if you lose your way Roll away, roll away the dew You better roll away, roll away the dew Roll away, roll away the dew That rings that bell. I'm a good ring, baby. You can't tell. One watch by night, one watch by day. You get confused. This is the music, baby.
Some come to laugh the best way. Some come to make it just one more day. Whichever way your pleasure takes. If you play nice, you're gonna harvest it. Yes, you will. Roll away, roll away the dew. I want you to roll away, roll away the dew. You better roll, roll away, roll away the dew. I want you to roll away, roll away the dew.
Little red rooster, won't you please drive him home? If you see my little red rooster, won't you please, please drive him home?
the barnyard people moan and cry with their heads hanging down.
start doing with the rain pouring down And it looks like the old man getting on Shack in Bigfoot County Snowed so hard that the roof caved in Lila Jones went to meet her gun And the old man never was the same again And he made whiskey and he made it well Cost two dollars, you know it burned like hell I cut hickory just to find the still Drink down a bottle and you're ready to kill Nine women with red, red teeth The bottle was dusty but the liquor was clean Sound of the thunder with the rain pouring down and It looks like the old man's getting on Take up the oak and plow the fields around. Gone are the days when the lady said, Please, Jimmy Jack Jones, won't you come to me? Streets of Rome are filled with bubbles. Ancient footprints are everywhere. Well, you can almost think that you see a double on a cold, dark night on the Spanish. She promised she'd be right there 
much to get the word around. I just love the high type. Don't shake the tree with the I have seen where the wolf has slept by the silver stream I can tell by the mark he left you were in his dream I'm a child of countless trees Tambourine. 
Just a little bit. 